0: fans, we have a special guest today uh, to talk to us a little bit about Whack and joining the WikiWACC, as we've been the calling it. Wiki let's get wacky. Um, so we have Daryl Trujillo. Uh, we're so pleased to have him join us. Daryl, tell us a little bit about, you work with the CBU Lancers. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a contributing writer for WACCNsDigest.com also the senior writer for InlandSports.wordpress.com out of San Bernardino. We do cover CBU as our WAC member. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I primarily cover the uh, women's basketball team along with baseball, softball, and volleyball. Um, My boss, Pat Hernandez, does the men's games for WAC Digital Network, Um, but I I do cover the men occasionally every now and again. Um, CBU has the record on the men's side for most, most women in the first two years of transition um, from B2 to B1 at 37, uh, 21 and 16. Um, okay. and I, I've, I've got to believe the women are on pace for something similar, but I can't find those records, so um, so we'll leave that be. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been around sports my entire life. I was a high school golfer, four years of high school volleyball ref, made it to a CIF final in 2016. NCAA Division II line judge, you name it, I've done it. And I've just transitioned over to the other side.
0: Cool, so how do you like that? How long have you been writing for what, Coop's Digest? Uh, This is my first year with the Digest, contributing content, but um, Mm
1: -hmm. in sports, um, this is my almost fourth year. Um, Like I said, I specialize in volleyball, basketball, softball, baseball, golf. I do just a hint of football to keep my bosses happy, but
0: that's not where I I spend my time. That sounds like Um, me. I do just a little bit of football to keep Alex happy, but otherwise I'm more mainstreamed on basketball.
3: And you do just enough. Just (laughs) Just
0: enough to squeak by.
3: To keep me around.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well, cool. Um, We did see also that y'all have an anchor podcast for Whack Coops Digest, so... Tell us a little bit about the format on that. How often, who does it?
1: Yeah, um, Kyle McDonald is the forerunner of our website, and the Mm -hmm. podcast kind of does that, that end of thing. Um, we try to do it once every week or week, week and a half or so. Um, like some weeks, like last week, you just, you know, with Grand Canyon and New Mexico playing, we thought we'd hear from both sides of the rivalry, so we got both radio guys, um, for GCU, New Mexico, and New Mexico State, um, not sure what we're going to be doing this week. Um, schedule in the WAC is uh, for CBU to visit New Mexico State. I want to say that game is being played at Utah, but that, that sounds details, right. Those details are still being hashed out. Mm-hmm. I do know that it costs New Mexico State five grand to rent the Haskin Center every time they use it. <laughs> That's
0: okay because New Mexico State's not playing in New Mexico at all this season, correct? correct. Okay. They
1: yeah. Can, they can practice in the Pan American Center. They just can't play games in the Pan American. Okay. For, it, it doesn't make sense to me at all.
3: I guess it doesn't equate at all.
0: Is it just because they aren't able to have fans in there?
1: Yeah, they're they're it's their COVID nineteen
0: protocols right. as, um, so. from their governor. Yeah.
1: Um, they, they are in New Mexico. They're not even playing any high school sports. Although I think the NMAA was given a clearance to resume in the last couple of weeks. I'd have to go back and look at
3: that interesting hopefully yeah man i don't know what texas would would do if we didn't have any high school sports <clears> at <throat> texas especially football probably
1: probably would... it if that had happened.
3: oh i mean there would have been <laughs> an absolute like riot at the capitol building yeah
0: <laughs> one for a year is enough um right <laughs> okay so since you kind of mentioned the uh the gbu new mexico state is that pretty much the biggest rivalry in the whack
1: the suit, yeah the we have a couple of pretty good rivalries in the WAC. We have, you know, GCU and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lopes are, you know, a recent Division Two to Division One, uh, completing the transition. Um, and they, I don't know if you all remember from the presser, but there was some talk about GCU maybe adding football.
3: There was talk, yeah.
1: President Mueller kind of squashed that. He's like, we want to be a basketball school. And in order for them to win a to be a basketball school, you gotta be able to beat the best. And, and the WAC at New Mexico State, and they did that last weekend. They sw- they took both games of the series um, at home. Yeah. So, I mean, just to look, you know, kind of let your listeners in on kind of some history of the WAC. New Mexico State on the men's side, five of the last six regular season titles, five straight um, WAC tournament finals. Or as we like to call it,
3: Wack Vegas.
0: I love that. I like it too. I love
3: that. That should be on a shirt if it's
1: not. I'll let Rachel Vigil from Wack Digital know. Maybe she can come up with it because I'm not that artistic enough to do it. (laughs) Yeah, if not, we'll
0: make us some to wear the first time. We'll make
3: some shirts to wear. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, We're going to the conference tournament, actually. Um, I'm going to see if maybe I can get out there this year and see what... What the rules are for them, letting you know media into the arenas, or if we have to work remotely, or right. all those things, because we just don't know. My well, the only conference tournament I've done in my career was CBU's final year in Division Two. I did the Pac West tournament, which they host in the event. Oh,
3: okay, so it was yeah. local.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an yeah. easy week for me. I didn't have to commute. Um, the only to- hard part was it was CIF Finals basketball week too. Was like okay. What do I do? Do I do uh, the high schools or do I take TVU's final PacWest uh, tournament? And I chose to take the PacWest tournament. Nice. Yeah, I
3: probably would have chosen that too. To be uh-huh. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. One place, four games. You know, ten yeah. games in three days.
3: Simple. Can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um. So yeah. So there are, are there any other rivalries in the WAC that we have to get ready for? I mean, because obviously you yeah. know that Sam Houston and us, like, we are. We are big rivals. We are the, pretty much the number one rivalry um, in the Southland. I mean, we're the biggest and the oldest. Um, you know, we've had kind of smaller rivalries here and there. I mean, obviously, we have one with Northwestern across the across the border. And then, um, you know, slowly but surely, I feel like ACU and us have kind of started, like, bumping heads a little bit. So um, any other rivalries we should uh, be? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so you know, CBU and Grand Canyon, just because of proximity and the fact mm. that they've both D2 to D1 transition programs. CBU will be finishing that process next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Their WAC tournament eligible this year by a vote of the uh, administrators of the WAC. Um, basically, is like, hey, they've done so well the, last, the, per- the first couple of years. Let's kind of go ahead and reward Letterman. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have the Utah Corridor. Utah Valley and, um, well, when... Utah Valley and Dixie now, since Dixie joined the WAC this year, mm-hmm. um, That's kind of a, a little I fifteen triangle there, and then when Southern Utah comes in, that's that's a natural born rivalry because all three of those campuses are within, I think it was a two hours, three hours, maybe not even that much. Wow.
0: So yeah, that's so close.
1: Rooted, really the biggest <laughs> thing there is now Seattle becomes the outlier of the WAC. They have to fly everywhere on on their own.
0: Mm.
1: Um. But I mean, that's that that's all Western Division stuff. I mean, I I know there's going to be some crossover games. Is what it sounded like at the presser, so kind of talk about talk about some stuff, like uh, touristy
0: uh, for folks <clears> flying <throat> in, kind of what, <laughs> what, Okay. What's
1: around the FFA campus that uh,
2: oh
1: boy, good eat and uh, touristy stuff.
0: So we well we <laughs> yeah. could give a whole separate podcast on that, just touristy stuff. Um. Cause have talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm from NAC, so I, I've grown up in NAC my whole life, um, and Alex has lived there since college, so, Yeah, I've know. been here
3: for almost, let's see, since 2007, so with maybe, like, one or two gap years where I lived back in Houston, but, yeah, so we, we there's a lot to do. Obviously, we are in, not necessarily, like, deep East Texas, because that's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother world over there, <laughs> but we are in East Texas, and so the closest airports are either Dallas or Houston. There is a smaller airport in Tyler Wallerview mm-hmm. area. Um, <clears throat> so where people would fly into, not hundred. It just depends. And then uh, if they're coming from Dallas or coming from Houston, there's obviously different stops along the way. But in Nacogdoches, in in our little uh, oldest town in Texas, we are super historical. So there are a lot of cool historical things to do in in uh, Nacogdoches. A lot of history. A lot of old houses. A lot of Uh, walking tours, things like that, um, historic tours at different buildings, things like that. Uh, Jacqueline knows probably a lot more about the, um, kind of like stuff pre 2007, um, that happened.
0: Yeah. And our, our CVB does a really great job on, you know, having touristy info on stuff like that to do. So that would Mm -hmm. be a definite first stop. Um, for sure, we have the Fredonia Hotel, which is a huge icon. It was this—I um, think they opened it in like the '50s. I don't know. Uh, that sounds right. It Had to be anyway. Um, and then it was closed down for a while, and they've opened it back up and refurbished it and everything. And it's—it's it's just amazing. Um, it literally so gives out like
3: Mad Men vibes. It's like, you know what I mean? It kind of—it's it, very you art deco. You feel like you're, yeah, definitely like you're trans, kind of transformed and transferred back to. 1960s, you know, uh, you feel like you're walking into some sort of like, uh, what's the word? I don't even know what the word, not like a New York hotel, but like, like a gangster 60s kind like of vibe. Swandy, you know yeah. I mean? It has like Mad Men vibes for sure. Yeah. Um, but
0: it, it's a great place and, to stay. They have a great, um, restaurant there inside the hotel. They have a great bar inside the hotel and they actually also have a steakhouse that's very much like feels like you're in a bigger city um that's yes. just open on the weekends it's really nice uh we have several little kind of uh divey type places with great barbecue um we have yeah s- there's
3: uh pretty much the places that we go typically like that probably be the easiest way because obviously we we live here Jacqueline lived here for a while I live here currently um, what we do is like the local things and that's what I would kind of recommend you do like a little bit of the touristy stuff with like the historical things and then you go and do a lot of the local stuff. So, I mean, we have right down the street kind of like living if you stay in downtown at the Fredonia or there's a bunch of bed and breakfasts or B&Bs in the little downtown area is what would be kind of like highly uh, recommended because you could easily walk everywhere. So you could walk from the Fredonia Hotel down the street to actually the Fredonia Brewery, where I spend the majority of my time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because they have trivia, they have music, they usually have food trucks and they have a pizza place in there. Um, And it's open Thursday through Saturday. And then right next to the Fredonia, they just opened a wine bar and bistro um it's one of those things where you kind of have to like walk behind a house and then you find like this like whole nother world and bistro down there where they have crepes and wine from like like 95 different types of wine from all over the world um it's so good and then we have two other wineries one out in timbuktu with no self-service but (laughs) equally as good and then one in downtown called red house winery um where they also have, you know, tastings and things like that, and then of course all the different food places downtown. Like the number one place for food in downtown, that you if you come to Nac and you don't go to, you will be you will be scorned and you will be laughed at. You, you got to go to Dolly's Diner. It is a absolute must for pancakes.
0: Yeah, they have great great pancakes, um, and the, the lady who owns it, um, Dolly, is very like. I don't even know how to explain her style. It's like I want to say like, yeah, mixed with like Betty Boop or something because she's almost like yes, that's it, a very fifties like style. I don't know. Um, She's awesome. Dot
3: dresses. Her hair is kind of like twisty, like fifties. Yeah, definitely Betty Boop. I think that was the best uh, explanation for that for sure. But the pancakes are out of bounds. Like honestly, if you if you choose IHOP over Dolly's, like you are insane.
0: Yeah, so bottom line is insane. don't don't come to Nac and eat any chain restaurants. Like No, you don't need we to. We to have nope. tons of local unique spots. I love Mom and Pop. Yeah. That's
3: That's literally our town is Mom and Pop. I mean, like I said, you do not have to eat at a Chili's when you come to Nacogdoches. You even though there's a Chili's, you shouldn't eat it. <laughs> there's plenty of barbecue places that are local, run by locals, run by SFA alums. There's plenty of Coffee shops that are not Starbucks that you do not need to go to Starbucks. <laughs> Highly recommend you don't go to Starbucks. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of locally owned places and plenty of local B&Bs. Like, don't stay if you can help it at a chain hotel. Like, go stay at the Fredonia. Go stay at the B&Bs. <clears throat> it's worth it. And it's it's like shop local. We're all about support local, shop local, eat local, drink local, and that. So that's what we're about.
1: I'm gonna have, yeah. have to come out there for a home weekend next year. Come
0: you on, definitely will. Yeah, it's definitely. a it's a fun it's a fun town.
3: It really is. I mean, it golf, nearby? golf. Yeah, yeah, we have a country club.
0: Yeah, right down the road. we have a one private course and one public course in neck. Mm-hmm. All right. now I'm I'm trying to take up golfing, so we'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I played in high school. Um, I. uh... Got my butt kicked senior year by a, a former member of the LPGA Tour. She, she played it on the boys' team because uh, her school didn't have girls. Oh, wow. Uh, and then she won the title by 18 shots.
3: Oh my God.
1: And yes. now I'm taking a from her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> well,
3: well, well. That's, a great, that's a great mentor event, perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> And she does videos, so if you get started, i I can put you in contact with her.
0: You will have to. I'm I'm going to be taking lessons this summer at one of the country clubs here in Tyler, so I'll need all the help I can get.
1: All right, I'm love- playing when come out there.
0: Okay.
3: okay. <laughs> and I, I I I love golf. I've played golf. I'm not the best at golf, but I am one hell of a caddy. I will. I
0: will. Say I am.
1: I use a caddy for my one uncle.
3: Oh, yeah. We can,
1: can log out of this. I can make my travel budget.
3: <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's, I mean, let's right. go. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do around here. Like we said, I mean, if there's any guy, anybody have any questions about Nacogdoches, but I mean, again, the one kind of negative is the fact that it is like farther from, you know, from like a Houston airport. It's two hours from Houston, about three or four hours from Dallas. Um, and if you can get a flight into the Tyler Longview, that's about an hour-ish, oh, okay.
0: hour, yeah, and a half. hour and a half. So, yeah
3: hour and a half yeah so i mean that's like the one drawback and that's why it's kind of been usually pretty hard to get teams bigger teams to come to us because a our environment is so hectic um because we have such a big home card advantage and b because it's like there's not really a lot of airport
0: (laughs) yeah hopefully that'll change soon yeah
3: Yeah. um i mean we do have a count we have county airports but like you know for big charter planes i don't know if like they can support that or not type thing um, but yeah, any other questions you guys have about Nacogdoches? We are, we are the go-to's. We got it. All
1: right. Um, I, let's talk some hoops now. I saw the first half of that SFA in Houston game and then ESPN, watch ESPN just, I, I got stuck in a buffer mode and I couldn't get YAP out of it. What? Um, but what I saw was I was very impressed with what I saw from SFA they were able to turn Sam Houston over. They were
0: able to take good quality shots on offense. Really a a good, solid first half of basketball. Yeah, so the way they looked Saturday was what we were hopefully expecting, very hopefully expecting on Wednesday when we played Abilene Christian and got our 20-point L. But um, that's two of our main strong suits is, and they mentioned it several times during the ACU game and the um, Sam game the announcers did, that currently – in the NCAA, we're number two in field goal percentage, um, so we we do take very good, high quality shots. Like we look for a good shot before we're just airing stuff up, um, and we do force a lot of turnovers. Uh, however, Sam does the same thing, so it was it yes. was a battle that day, um, and I, I think we we're pretty evenly matched on.
3: Yeah, and turnovers. Sam had, I think, 12 turnovers. and I think we had, had 11.
0: 10. Or Okay, yeah. 10 or,
3: yeah, 10 or 11. I mean, we are ranked fifth in Division One in turnovers, first force per game. I mean, we have 18.8 turnovers, first per game. So, I mean, usually we're always up there. I mean, yeah. there's been a few years in the pace, past that we've been, like, number one in the country with turnovers per game. Yeah. Um, and so just a little bit behind where we normally are. Yeah. Um, you know, but of course we, uh, yeah, yesterday was, was nuts. I mean, we had, we were cautiously optimistic for the game, um, because of what happened on Wednesday versus ACU that we, I mean, we were expecting a fight versus ACU, but wasn't expecting that. Uh, and then coming into this game, we were just hoping for a good game. And then it started off. We press, you came back in full force. I know, you know, coach Keller calls us press you. And so they really honestly came to play and, I I couldn't be more pleased. It was a wild game. You missed a hell of a second half. That's all I'm going to say, Daryl. You missed a hell of a second half.
1: (laughs) That's been me with the Watch ESPN app lately. (laughs) We're not getting along. I tried to watch the UConn-Tennessee women's game, the UConn-Arkansas women's game, and the same thing every time. I can get through the first half, and then I get the, the perpetual load thing going on, and I can't watch the second half. It was really irritating.
3: Don't they know who you are? This is that's <laughs> rude, rude, rude.
1: Well, I called tech support yesterday and uh, t- tried to work on it. So we'll see uh, t- this week if there's any, other, any of the ESPN games on WAC games on ESPN Plus. Uh, we'll try mm-hmm. it again. Um, but I was not a happy camper.
3: Yeah. That is one thing I did notice about, and we'll get back to basketball in a second, is that you guys have like a really good digital network too, as opposed to like us. We either you got ESPN contracts or you have crappy, surf, like crap, crappy streaming or no streaming at all. Um, for those Louisiana schools, so that's one of the real high like pros about coming to the WAC is that you have, to have that great, you know, digital service, digital network. Yes,
1: the broadcasters are really good across the board and pretty much every sport. I mean,
3: love to hear uh, that.
1: Uh, like CBU, uh, Travis Van Noen does volleyball, baseball, softball. My boss mm. and my friend, as we do, he does basketball. And then I don't know who they're going to get to do soccer because I think our soccer guy moved to Wyoming. Oh, mm. all, all well, right then. then. Uh, he's doing high school, did high school football games out there uh, this fall and I guess got engaged a couple of weeks ago. So, oh. ciao, Cullen, congrats. Buddy.
3: <laughs> Love that. Yeah, so look, back to the Sam Houston game. I mean, I was just, I was just pleasantly... Like delighted as I don't even know how else to explain it, how well we played against Sam. I mean, we really held them to I just we we held them. I, I usually usually their best score, like one of their best scores, uh I think his name is um
0: It was Nuttall. Nuttall. Yeah, Nuttall, Nuttall and the other guy, I can't remember his name.
3: Yeah. I mean, like usually Nuttall scoring like 18 points per game average, and we held him to like at least to like 14. So I was like.
0: Yeah, so Nuttall and Lampley are usually their main two scorers, and we -hmm. we held them, and kind of two other guys had to sort of step up, and and obviously, you know, I mean, they stepped up, they didn't step up enough for them to win, but I feel like what we did great and what we do great is we don't really have a set person who it's like, every game, this is our high score. I mean, yeah. Cam will have a game where he might score thirty. T might have a game where he scores twenty. Gavin might score thirty. Yesterday, David was the one who scored twenty-two. Um, so
3: we tend to spread it around.
0: Yeah. So there's real no no real set like okay, well we're going to shut down number three and then that's going to cripple them. Um,
3: right.
0: Because we just have other people who step up. So
3: yeah. And they try doing that. They try to shut down Gavin, which they did a little bit, and, but not you know as yeah. much as they probably wanted to. They tried to shut down Cam, Cam, which, I mean, again, Cam still came out of the game with, um, how many points did Cam have? I forget. I think he was still in double digits. So, I mean, I don't think. He had nine. He had nine? Yeah. Well, that's not as normal. But anyway, but I mean, what he missed, you know, didn't have in points, he kind of made up for in other places, which is kind of normal for them. You know, if they don't, if they're not high score, they usually make up for it somewhere. Maybe it's free throws. Yeah. Maybe it's, Rebounds, maybe assists. Rebounds, assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always a good point. But man, David, 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 he, he, he killed it. He killed it yesterday. That's the best we could say it. I mean, he went off, and I love it. Still love it. He's been doing really well the past few, couple games. I mean, I feel like in the beginning of the season he's been really kind of like very chill. Not really, not saying he not stepped up, but like kind of just cruising along there. But then the last few games, he's just been like firing in all cylinders and really kind of stepping up in the scoring points wise,
1: which is, is that a, did it kind of this matchup kind of a preview of what we might see in a Southland tournament final. Oh, yeah. Um, should we reach that point?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending on whether or not the NCAA approves our post-season well, yeah. Uh, sanction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still kind of, like, <clears> up in the air if they're going to move it back to this season or not. I mean, if they move it back to this season, then our main goal, and Coach Keller talked about this last night, and so did David, I think, in their post-game presser, uh, basically saying, like, we're, at this point, like, they're playing for the regular Southland, regular season conference title, um, just in case it gets approved, they, then they won't be in the postseason. Um, oh. Yeah, so if it gets approved, we won't be in the postseason. We're going for, we're going for the jugular. We're going for the regular season title. Um, and if it doesn't get approved, then I fully intend on seeing SFA versus Sam in, or even SFA versus ACU, if they can, you know, beat Sam Houston, um, in, in the, in the fight in the final matchup. But I mean, again, we got to get there. And if we're, we're there, then yeah, it's going to happen. If not, then it's obviously going to be probably ACU and Sam.
1: And full disclosure, I'm not a big conference tournament guy. I fully believe the NCAA tournament birth should be based on, you know, the two or three months of work in, that you do in the regular season, not somebody getting hot for what, four, three or four days in the month of March.
0: Yeah.
3: I I tend to agree with you.
0: I tend to agree, too, but then the, the whole apex of the NCAA tournament is who's hot today, so I don't know. It's tough. Good point. It's tough either it is, way.
3: It yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons. I feel like <clears> to, to both, to be honest. And so, I mean, we're looking forward to Whack Vegas. So I mean, in that respect, I mean, we're all in for that. Now, yeah. yes, is, it, is that gonna be a kind of thorn in our side in the future? Because we're obviously moving into a different, uh, different. Conference with better competition, Um, yeah, that may that may suck for a few seasons. Move it into it, but just because of the fact that we're so used to being like top dog in in ours, and we may be moving into a conference where oh crap, we kind of have to fight. We're not not really top dog anymore at the moment, so.
1: um, Well, I I get the feeling. I I don't know how they're gonna seed the tournament, just because that wasn't kind of announced at the presser. Right. But you got to imagine it's going to be some kind of format where it's going to be like, you know, maybe they'll take four teams from the, the Texas division and the top four from the West division, put them together and whack Vegas. That, not to
0: them we literally, that's exactly what we had discussed because I mean that's just the most simple and obvious way to do it. So
3: we had literally had that exact conversation I think yesterday, and because we were sitting there thinking like, well, how will that even work? it's like well since they're doing divisions you'd think that they'd pick a few from over here and a few from over there stick them all at whack Vegas and then duke it out um <clears throat> that just seems like you said logical the most logical step but we always know that sometimes what we consider to be logical isn't what everybody else considers to be logical so Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, especially so, when it comes to the NCAA wait, yeah um,
3: you guys been
1: duke a couple of years ago I want to kind of talk about do you guys still feel like the program is kind of riding the wave from that victory in Cameron Indoor, like uh, Coach Keller has a whole bunch more credibility and, you know, kind of room with the program. You know, if there's like a stumbling year or something, like well, hey, he, 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 you know, a couple years ago.
0: So I'll, I'll start because um, I have a lot of things. But so it was actually only a little over a year ago. It was last season, um, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, and I, I think we are still, but in... We are and we aren't, but both in good ways, if that makes sense. Um, I think it did obviously bring a lot of recognition to our name, and people are kind of like, oh, Kel-, you know, Keller knows what he's doing. Like, they've got a really strong program. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we beat we beat Duke at Duke and broke an almost 20-year home game win streak. So, yeah, we're like, I'm going to have it engraved on my tombstone. Like, we're going to live on that forever. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I think the very next day, you know, Keller had – multiple um, calls with different people, interviews. And he said, you know, that he told the guys, okay, like enjoy this day because tomorrow this day is over and we're on to other things. So I, I think he really made them enjoy the moment and then realize that moment is over and you can't, you can't stake your success on that game for the rest of the season, you know? Um, so I think we moved forward from it pretty quickly. I know Alex yeah, probably has I, more stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, just to kind of, again, reiterate the fact that I feel like a lot of these guys, especially Coach Keller, like are super humble because we beat Duke and then they left that same night to come back to Nacogdoches and then literally it was Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving on Thursday. And where were these guys at? Were they doing pressers? Were they doing this? That? No, they were over here feeding, doing like the... The homeless shelter feeding food. I mean, that, that's what they do. Like they come back and instead of, you know, doing all these big like you know welcome home parades or you know all these you know big recognition things, they're over here handing out food at the at the shelter. You know, so it's like they're just these same the small guys from the small town in Nacogdoches. They had an amazing game, a huge upset, which we will always, always, always talk about and always remember. And but I still, but I feel like that as soon as that was over, they still got back to business because they still had a whole conference to play. And it was just luck of not necessarily the Duke win, but just as well as they played last season. Like they, I mean, what were they, 23, was it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So, yeah, see, I don't remember these numbers. Jacqueline does. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, we didn't we didn't have to just basically almost – destroy everyone in conference except for maybe like one game I mean we could have came into the conference play and and even though we played well against Duke we could have came into conference play and totally got our butts handed to us I mean and so they are but they're not you know like they're still riding the wave because I mean Nate was at the game yesterday Nate Bain he was at the game yesterday at SFA coming to the Sam game he was wearing his number 32 jersey um, and people are still talking about him. They're still mentioning him. They're still talking about all of the post game, um, GoFundMe account stuff for his family in the Bahamas. You know, people are still talking about it and mentioning it, but to him, he is so humble about it. He's just like, yeah, I was just doing my job. Like, oh, well, you know, like they're, you know, they, they didn't ride the wave for long. You know, they were like, okay, got to get back to business type thing. So um, they'll still talk about it. Nate will still mention it, but, I mean, he's super humble about it. I mean, if people were coming up to him yesterday and asking for pictures and, and autographs and all that stuff, and he's just like, oh, cool. yeah.
1: We, I can't wait to have fans back in the CDU event center. We, our games, we have, we have no fans. We have the cardboard cutouts. Oh. Um when I cover a CBU game, my position is up right next to the WAC Digital Network cameraman instead of being on the floor level because, yeah. you know, we social distancing and all that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not complaining. It's not a bad view. If you go online and you look at the pictures of the event center, there's not a bad view of the house. It's just, I am mean, you're just so used to being on the floor level from, so in that power many years I've been, almost four years of doing this, working from the floor. Because like, when you're up by the cameraman, it's like, it's a different view.
3: Agreed. Daryl, we agree um, wholeheartedly with that statement too, because we're used to being literally the first row behind the bench. And so, because of COVID, they've had, obviously had to take out the first three rows around the entire Coliseum and black and like basically tarp them off. And we're having to sit technically six rows now behind the bench. And so, there's really usually not anybody sitting in front of us, which is great. So, it kind of feels like we're still on the first row. but it's a whole different experience than being right behind the bench, like immediately first row behind the bench and being like six rows up. It's a whole different experience. And it's just, it's just weird. It's weird. Well,
1: so like right now in the WAC, I believe GCU is the only, and maybe the Utah schools are the only schools currently letting fans into their games. Um, limited numbers, obviously, like three right and 900.
0: Well, <laughs> 900, yeah. <laughs> And that's but, about that's about where we've been at because I, I think they've said we can only have like thirty percent capacity or something at most. I can't remember. I
3: think I think the most was like two thousand. I think that's like the cutoff for us. And because our yeah,
0: they've rearranged all of the season ticket holders to where we're all spread out, and there's there's at least like six seats on each side of you, and then the seats behind you and the row behind in front will be empty. So it's very spread Should out.
3: Should be empty. Should be empty. Yeah.
0: Which is why you know, we got pushed, pushed back to row six instead of the first yeah. row. But we're of just happy to people, be there.
3: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're okay. I mean, we knew it was going to be a, a kind of a transition. And we knew it was going to not. You know, and, and basically we said from the beginning, you know, we're not going to give you guys any trouble about this. Because, you know, you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. But it, it stinks. And we hate it. But we're going to come. And I'd rather have this as our problem than not be able to come at all.
2: Exactly. I don't
3: I don't I mean I couldn't even imagine how the rest of the WAC is feeling when they can't have anybody. Anybody. Okay. Minus the people it, it, support staff. It's
1: wild. It's it's a weird feeling being in the event center and no fans, um pumped in crowd noise. Um, oh. like I'm I'm sitting right next to the cameramen and they're my only guys to talk to because like <laughs> I've been the only beat writer at pretty at every CBU game I've done this Um, my colleagues from the other papers out here actually I got a a DM from one of them saying hey what are the game day protocols because uh, he wanted to come and do some games on the the back end of the year I think he was saying he wanted to do one of the GCU women's games when GCU comes out the week after Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. Um, should we reach that point Um, I mean it's just tough like right now like like I said I'm looking at my schedule I'm, I'm supposed to do one of the CBU New Mexico women's games but I don't we don't know if New Mexico's gonna get cleared. The men are in law, at New Mexico. Um and we, we don't well, New Mexico's cleared, so that series should be a go. But I, uh, I mean having to write remotely is just not easy. That's what I did this weekend. It was pouring out here, so I didn't want to drive. <laughs> so I have stories on the WAC Digest website that I wrote remotely. <laughs> I use I used the radio broadcast for quotes. I used the play by put them on it. And- just whipped up something really quick in like an hour and a half for friday and saturday
3: yeah wow <laughs> there's actually there are a lot of actual because uh, we we're friends with a couple of the people that do like local news around here um and so yeah they kind of have similar issues too where they're usually on the court like taking up close shots and everything and then they're not, you know they're shoved all the way up to the very top of the concourse with a plastic folding table um because that's the only place they can sit to do their to do their, you know, stuff because normally they're sitting on the court, right? At the, you know, media table, but now they can't because of a central only personnel type thing. And so now they're up on the top of the concourse and it's just it it stinks. The the whole thing reeks and stinks. I mean, there's no other way to say it. At least we can have people on the on the you know, in, in the stands and have have fans to some capacity. But I mean, thankfully, the fans kind of came out in droves yesterday. Otherwise, I don't think we would have the same, you know, atmosphere that we did. Because if you watch the Sam Houston SFA games from the past, that place is wall to wall packed, like full of people. We've had sellouts, we've had people standing room only in that game before. So having Less than seven thousand people in the sawmill for a Sam Houston game was weird. Oh and, yeah,
1: I, I can imagine. I was watching the ESPN feed, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, it, "You know, I'm. You know, I was happy that you guys are able to get fans into the games, but mm-hmm. it meant it feel very weird to be covering that game and not see a packed house."
0: <laughs> right. It was weird to us as well. Definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> A pretty good role. Do
1: um, you guys feel like they should be getting some uh, AP Top 25 love, kind of like Delaware a few years back um, when they had Elena Deladon? Yeah.
3: I mean, I personally, I, I think we do. I, I can't believe that we're not, I mean, I don't even know if we're even getting any votes in the Top AP. I have no idea. Um, I no,
1: haven't I, checked. I, mean, I haven't, I don't, I don't You know, in the AP poll, it doesn't show you, like, received votes, like, you know, in high school polls or the College Insider poll. But, I mean, y'all are ranked, um, I think it's two or three spots higher than CBU, who's undefeated right now, Mm -hmm. and undefeated in the WAC, and they're not even receiving votes. And the thing that gets me about that is, um, you know, the fact that the CBU program's a third-year transition program and they're undefeated, and nobody's picked it up nationally right um and then for SFA I know you guys have a like, w- long tradition of women's basketball success but I- I'd venture a guess this is one of the better SFA women's teams. and nobody I, I think it was Peyton from East Texas um posted some of the <laughs> comparable scores on Twitter <laughs> ah,
3: Peyton. yeah versus
1: them and uh some of the and uh, Auburn between like Abilene and some of the other teams, and they should be getting some AP top 25 love. Okay. So
3: I agree. And I literally, as soon as you asked that, I Googled it and I went to the NCAA, went to Associated Press and through today, they actually are receiving, it says others receiving votes SFA three. So we are getting some love, just not top 25 technically. Love because we're only getting three votes. Um, So that is a little bit of love, but not as probably as much as we probably deserve.
0: Yeah. And I uh, I mean, I'll say, yeah. And I I think I can speak for both of us. Obviously, we're going to be a little biased because we we see them and we see how good they are day in and day out, um, you know, against all these different opponents. So, of course, we would love for them to get more more appreciation. But at the same time, um, you know, it's like like Alex mentioned with our proximity to major airports, it's it's really hard for us to get anyone bigger or better than us to come play us at home. And then, you know, those road games and buy games are kind of few and far between when you can get them. So, I mean, we really haven't played uh, just, and this season is, just crazy because of COVID, anyway. But we've really only played a few schools that are that are really big enough for people to recognize and kind of look look at us. Because the the ladies, kind of the big the big schools they played this season is uh, Arizona State, and we lost by nine. Um, we played U of H, and we only lost by two. Uh, and then we did beat Auburn at Auburn by thirteen. Um, so that was a really great game, but you know, one, one really great win against a bigger school is, is I'm not saying it's not enough, but you know, it's just enough so that doubting people can still say, well, they just got lucky that one day. Um, so it's just, it's hard. It's hard for us to get recognition and it's hard for us to get schools to come play us that are the caliber we need to be playing to get recognition. So it's just tough. Yeah.
3: Definitely.
1: Yeah, that, that was yeah that was my last question. because as a mid major fan of hoops, I mean, I you know I, I, I watch more mid major stuff. I watch more like uh, Missouri Valley, uh, um, Colonial, Big West. I mean, I'm responsible for the Big West. I cover UCR um, a little bit, and obviously the WAC stuff. So I was like, I was watching the the Sam game on Saturday, and I was like, wait a minute, we should be at least getting some AP votes.
3: Uh, totally agreed and being there in person watching them on Saturday I mean again lights out I mean they're they're absolutely crushing crushing girls teams in the Southlands like all the ladies teams all the women's teams in the Southland they're crushing them so I mean you would think that they would get more more AP love now that I know they're getting a little bit of love again that's good should they get more yeah but at this point, again, like you said, AP doesn't really like to cater to mid-majors very much either, so.
1: Um, I will say this, when, when you guys are coming into the WAC next year, um, Grand Canyon right now on the women's side is leading the nation in turnovers at just under, I want to say 27 last time I looked at the number. Wow. Um, that their coach, uh, Molly Miller, uh, is a D2 to D1 transition. She was a Drury her alma mater for, I want to say, it was five years before taking the GCU job um, but that's going to be a team to keep an eye on um, on the in the whack when you guys move over um, New Mexico has been tra- historically strong they won uh, five straight regular season titles between two coaches before that was a snap last year by a uh, former member UMKC uh, Missouri-Kansas mm-hmm. City who left for the uh, Summit League and I think the CEP U- U- program is going to be pretty good for a little while even though they uh, have a few seniors graduating at, at the end of the season. Uh, although with the new rules, we'll see what that looks like.
3: Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting, and that's kind of like what our last question was, and you kind of touched on it just a smidge um, a minute ago. But like we wanted to kind of hear from your end on um, the wax side of stuff. You know, what are the general? What is the general like? Uh, hubbub. The buzz. The the gossip about the Texas four coming into the whack. Like, is it something like they're excited about? They're ready for it. They're ready for new competition or coming something like, Oh God, like these schools, man, this is going to be hard. These, these guys play hard. It's going to be makes it even harder for us competition wise. Um, we're basically just asking that because there's still a lot of fans, um, not as many as there were before, but there still is a small sect of fans. In you know, Southland fans, SFA fans, who are still like skeptical about the move, not really quite understanding the entire entirety of it and how it's going to benefit us SFA in the long run. So maybe just kind of talk about the buzz on the wax side for us coming in.
1: The buzz for the new, the new group of the Texas Four um, and Southern Utah. We're happy to get get new teams. Um, you guys coming in, and Chicago, le- Chicago State leaving, which Chicago State was um, basically irrelevant in pretty much every sport they fielded. Um, in the wild, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, that sounds
0: like some of ours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it, it, it's just telling it like it is. I mean, yeah, I yeah. I think they won one win- game on the men's side. Uh, was it last year? No,
1: no, it was on the women's side last year. They beat Bakersfield, who's no longer. In the whack, the Bakersfield went to the Big West, um, but I mean, adding the New Fork, all those Texas teams plus Southern Utah, mm-hmm. we get football back, which was the big was not the biggest precipitous factor of the move, but it's it's a huge upgrade in every sport across the board: Absolutely. baseball, softball, volleyball, basketball. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's got to be an upgrade in soccer. I don't know soccer well enough to know that, but. Um, we we love it. We're we're happy to have all these new teams coming in. We're, we're excited for crossover, you know, crossover between the divisions. Again, not sure what form that'll take, but um, yeah. I know if, CB, if CBU gets a crossover to SFA, I'm going to make my
0: uh, travel plans. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, let us know. We're ready. Yeah.
3: No, we love to hear that, because because I feel like again, like I said, the general consensus, consensus the general. Kind of informed fan at sfa is excited about it I, do, I think there is like i said just a small population of maybe just like the everyday bandwagoner fairweather fan who's just sitting back like well why are we moving why do we want to leave the southland where we are like top dog to move to a team or to a conference where we may have to like really actually you know be challenged i'm like well why wouldn't you want to be challenged like that's the whole point I don't understand why people just want to be complacent all the time and just kind of like ride the wave, you know, of not really growing and just kind of remaining where you're at. And that's the whole purpose of us going to the WAC is like, because we want to, you know, get better, have better competition, you know, continue growing as a premier mid-major sport, uh, sports school. So, I mean, I just, I am excited for it. Um, hopefully talking with you and just as this, as the year goes on, Because yeah, we are joining a little bit earlier than what was originally planned. So uh, I think hopefully by then, people will kind of have their concerns kind of quelled a little bit and they won't be as like, ugh, about it. So,
1: yeah. I I feel like um, if people actually, um, just take in a WAC game or two, basketball game or two on the WAC Digital Network, and um, and just see the level of basketball talent in this conference, let alone the other sports: baseball, volleyball, softball. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: I think they're going to find that it's a really solid basketball conference, top to bottom, right now. With the exception, like I said, of Chicago State, um, but they're going to be leaving next year, so that becomes a pretty much a non-factor. Um, right. But they're going to find a really solid basketball conference with great coaches, great student athletes, and they're going to want—they're going to be excited about the jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know even though you, the Texas schools are still forming their own division, they're going to be excited for those crossover games when say a CBU or a Grand Canyon flies out or SFA or SAM flies out to Riverside or, uh, or Phoenix. They're going to be excited for those trips and want to make those trips and uh, hopefully when all returns to normal, like make those trips um, and, and watch their teams against some really high level mid major basketball talent because ultimately that's what Mueller at TCU said is we want this to be a premier mid-major basketball conference. Right. And to add, you know, the other support and a premier mid-major conference across the board, and that's what we're getting with you guys coming in.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and, and there are, like I said, the, the vast majority of informed basketball and just athletic supporters at SFA, the people that actually, like, support the Purple Lights Fund, which is like our fundraising arm of athletics, like the people that are involved, like all of those people are so pumped. They're ready for the crossover games. They're ready to travel to, you know, to Grand Canyon. They're ready to travel to, you know, Southern Utah, like they're ready to travel and like put forth effort and be, and be that mid major. Um, So we're, we're excited. Jacqueline and I are pumped. We're excited for the new, to get to know these new teams and to get to know, Uh, all the the WAC people, and to just, you know, all around get wacky. We're ready for it. So, um, again, we...
1: There's actually games on on a Monday night in the WAC if you want to tune in on the WDN. There's uh, some volleyball and uh, one lone women's basketball series actually involving a Texas school. It's a Tarleton traveling to Grand Canyon.
3: Oh, nice. Okay,
0: yeah. We'll have to check it out.
3: Yeah, we'll have to, because, again, you guys have that amazing digital network, which... We are super excited about too. So that way, more fans can take in more sports um, on a better platform.
0: So
1: that's. Yeah. I feel like the Southland uh, broadcasters were not very good. No. Just watching.
0: Yeah, it, it varies vastly from game to game. Honestly, like Alex was saying earlier, because yeah. some basically the four of us who are coming to join the WAC, you know, we have ESPN agreements, and so we can have our, our feed on there. But. A lot of these schools, and then we have a Southland app. But then not all the Southland schools are set up to stream their games on the Southland app, and some don't have to like us because we have ESPN. And so then some of the schools have their own independent form format of streaming where you have to pay for it through their school's website, and then it's just it's, su- it's just it's subpar announcing. And Houston.
1: I was gonna watch Grand Canyon at Houston and. Houston and Baptist and on the women's side, but I didn't want to pay the whatever it was seven bucks or whatever.
0: To you miss you miss nothing but watching them play in like a high school gym. So
3: it's literally a high school gym.
0: So. That's okay. that's all that yeah. you missed.
3: <laughs> no yeah, offense, Caleb, yeah. no um, if
1: you're listening, but yeah, it's a high school gym. <laughs> like I said, for for your fans that are out there, um, taking a couple of these teams like tonight, um, like I said, Tarleton at Grand Canyon is a rescheduled series, but you, you're gonna find that it's a good brand of mid-major women's basketball, and then when we pick up men's this week um, on uh, Friday with the, the slate of men's series, just, just pick up a, a men's game or two, and you're gonna you're gonna get excited really quick. I feel like.
3: I agree. So I guess this is like the final thing since you just brought this up. Like I know you guys mentioned that you play like series, so like back to back games in basketball in the WAC, or how does that work? Um, that's, and,
1: okay, so that's a COVID-19 protocol for this year. Okay, okay, um, okay. okay. Traditionally, we would play a Friday or Thursday, Saturday, or... They've done some wacky things just because of the travel schedules and the, you know, the varying number of teams. I mean, there was one year in volleyball. I want to say we did Saturday, Monday, or Sunday, Tuesday, okay. something kind of inky like that. Um, but that the back-to-back thing is just a COVID-19 protocol. I expect whenever we emerge from the other side of this, we'll go back to the traditional one off one.
3: Okay. So typically I guess then for say like a guy's game, I know you don't necessarily don't cover guys, but like say like for a guy's basketball game, you know, is it traditionally always on the same two nights per week or does it flip around or because usually for us, it's literally a Wednesday night game and a Saturday game. And the Wednesday games are a pill because A, it's a Wednesday game, and B, they're usually like at 6.30, and also nobody goes to those because it's Wednesday and everybody's at church. So, yeah, and then um, turn travel on a Wednesday. Yeah. So what we would do traditionally is it would be, I want to say it's Thursday, Saturday.
1: That sounds um, right. And then we would just flip-flop. So... Like okay. uh, the SFA men would be some be at the same opponent um, that the SFA women are playing at home. It would be something similar to that. Okay. Very rarely, if ever, would you get a doubleheader in the
3: WAC. Oh, gotcha. Hmm. Okay, interesting. See, that's another thing we'll just have to get used to. Because I mean, in the Southland, like we've had multiple doubleheader weekends, even during COVID. Like we've had a couple already. Um, where we would have, we'd be playing the same team. Like we would both be playing, you know, typically like Sam Houston, or we both be playing Northwestern or something, or Lamar, which we had a Lamar.
0: Right, and like for us, it's it's not as often that a doubleheader is on a weeknight game, but usually the Saturday games are always doubleheaders.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, no. I, I, in the three now three years that CBU's been in the whack, I don't think we've ever had a doubleheader. We've had doubleheader non-con. Okay.
0: I, I wonder what the um, reasoning is for that. I don't.
1: Mm. That's a very good question. That's actually something I'd probably have to ask Chris Thompson
0: if I get to talk to him at WAC Vegas, the uh, WAC Media Director. Yeah. yeah, I would love for you to um, pose that question because I, I just feel like for home ga- like for a home weekend game, why wouldn't you want to have a doubleheader and then your your fan base has the opportunity to see both men and women play and not be divided trying to decide if they're they going to stay choose, or travel? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually it's, a, it's actually a very valid question. I'm actually, surprised I didn't even think to ask it. Um, but yeah, if I go to WAC Vegas and, or even if, even if I cover it, and I get a chance to talk to Chris. I'll, I'll pose that for him.
3: Yeah, that'd be great to know. Just because, like Jacqueline said, it just seems like, especially for those traveling fans, and especially for moving into the WAC, where there might be, um, you know, more travel involved for some of the teams. Like it would just make kind of make more sense, you know, especially if. Like say CBU is coming to Nacogdoches, both guys and girls, just make it a one like stop trick pony type thing, and not have to do like a Thursday and yeah. a Saturday. Yeah.
1: What it, like what you might find in the WAC too is like SFA baseball and softball will be home on the same weekend, but against different opponents. Hmm. Um. You might find yeah. that because um, there's and there's actually on the baseball and softball side of things, there's a couple of Baseball only schools in the West: um, Sacramento State and I want to say it's Northern Colorado.
3: Are Interesting. Okay.
1: Because the Big Sky does not offer baseball.
3: Gotcha, gotcha. I know we'll have to do the same thing that we did when we were in the Southland for like uh, uh, for like bowling and for beach volleyball because yeah. uh, even though the Southland has bowling, um, there's not that many member schools in the Southland that have bowling, so they're in like it's a Southland conference bowling, but it's like a bunch of other schools that don't even, aren't even in, uh, they're just like bowling only or not necessarily yeah. bowling, bowling, but yeah, but you get it, my point. Yeah, we, and then for Sam Volleyball, I have no idea where the heck, what conference we're in for Sam Volleyball. I have no idea.
0: Me neither. Because they
3: just joined and they haven't been able to play because last season was supposed to be their first season and COVID hit. So it's like, anyway. It's just,
1: yeah, Sam Volleyball is going to be an interesting one because um, the WAC doesn't offer it. Right, And I don't think there are that many institutions in the WAC that even offer it, if any. CBU I... does. Um, let me think. Grand Canyon does. Okay. Uh, um, I think they might be the only ones come to think of it. Interesting.
3: Yeah, I'd have to check and see. And whenever they start playing, hopefully this season, uh, what actual conference that they're in for Sam Volleyball. because. I mean, even I think even in general, there's not too many schools NCAA Division One that have sand volleyball. Like it's just not a super populated or popular sport. Just wild, wow, because I love sand volleyball. Sand volleyball is insane. Um,
1: yeah, it's a, it's a growing sport though, but uh, you right? Really is. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a, uh, a smattering of uh, P5s. There's you're right. There's not a lot that um, that have it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm kind of curious now to see what the conferences are, because, like, the, PAC, the Pac-12 and the Big West out here have it, mm-hmm. but the WAC doesn't in, in its traditional sense. Like, our right. WAC schools have to go find other places to play.
3: Completely. And that's that's kind of wild that uh, California school doesn't have sand volleyball.
1: I know. We'll, we'll see if they add it, but um, I'm, I don't know. I think
3: CBU is going to focus on the indoor side of it and uh, – improving in the WAC yeah absolutely again I mean we could go on talking forever about you know WAC stuff and WAC sports and and we may do that one day we may have like a more in-depth conversation about like all the different sports and stuff so uh again Daryl we just thank you so much for for coming on with us and we're so excited for uh joining the WAC this summer and getting everything started and then you know coming to uh you know, crossover games, and then hopefully going to Whack Vegas and next spring. So it'll it's going to be a wild ride. We're excited.
1: We're we're excited to have you guys. And if uh, SFA makes that trip to uh, Riverside, come on out. We'll do some touristy things. We'll make a, we'll make a blog out of it. And same yeah. thing if you goes to Nacogdoches, we'll we'll I'll, I'll make my travel plans. We'll make a weekend out of it.
0: For sure, we have plenty of 100%. things, plenty of fun things to do, and sites to see, and places to eat, and whatever you want to do.
3: Yeah, super excited about it. All right, again, thank you. And hey, guys, always remember to ask some jacks.
0: With Alex and Jacks.